I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. Once upon a time, there were cave paintings. Our ancestors sketched hunting scenes and traced their hands on the walls of the cave. Thousands of years later, we humans, in our abundant ingenuity, invented papyrus, parchment, canvas, and finally paper. Eventually, we began recording and storing data digitally. Remember those three and a half inch floppy disks with a few measly megabytes? But as men and women had more to say, more to paint, more to communicate, these methods were no longer enough. Enter Dov Moan. Dov Moan was fascinated by technology from a very early age. He would tinker with electronic gadgets he bought from Mad Magazine. Unfortunately, according to him, not to much avail. But this passion eventually led Moan to invent a little gadget of his own that would, in many ways, change the world. The USB flash drive, aka the disk on key. A small device, small enough that you can carry in your jeans pocket, capable of storing large amounts of data. Dov Moran studied in the Technion, Israel Institute of Technology, and went on to establish his own company, M-Systems. He continues with his entrepreneurship today with over 40 registered patents. We are extremely glad to be joined today by Dov Moran to talk about the story of the Discon Key and his passion for technological entrepreneurship. Before we get to the episode, let me tell you about our sponsors over at Hamburg University of Technology, who are organizing the first international robotics camp in Germany for girls. As we all know, women are extremely underrepresented in the STEM fields, that's science, tech, engineering, and math, but there's no reason for that. Cybersecurity analyst Karen Elazari, if you guys recall, was even on the show to talk about how much women bring to the field of programming. This is what our friends over at the International Robotics Camp in Germany are doing. From June 30th to uh, July 8th, they'll be hosting high school girls from around the world in Hamburg to have a life-changing experience. In a program modeled on Google Israel's Mentor IT program, these girls are going to be building and programming robots they're going to be having discussions with female leaders in the STEM field. This is an incredible chance for these girls to break boundaries, learn and develop new skills, and get started on building their dreams. The camp is looking to sign up girls from Israel. So if you know anybody, if you're a parent or a teacher or a friend of a girl who's 15 to 18, who's interested in STEM, visit 2NJB.com slash robot and sign them up. Sign them up today because the deadline is May 15th. So again, that's 2, the number 2, NJB.com slash robot. Again, 2NJB.com slash robot. This podcast is made in collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Can we do it from the beginning without all this uh, blah blah about me? <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you're, you're humble. You don't no, like hearing all that. It's not a matter of being humble, it's a matter of hating it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're, you're proved the, the facts though. Okay. It, it, the facts are, are true. The, the facts are true. That's right. Okay. I think that's the definition of humble, is hating that. But that's, you know. Okay. <laughs> but that's okay. We're, we're really happy to have you. How are you? Wonderful. Great. Do you remember at that that moment in, in M Systems where you actually uh, came up with the idea for the? Because uh, until that point, we were using what CDs, uh, USB flash drives. Ah, uh, clear. Of course, I remember the the, the the exact moment I had this idea of a, a, the invention of the USB flash drive. Uh, I'll tell you the story. Uh, by the way, it wasn't that we invented the USB and then established a company. Company already was active dealing with flash, taking flash, making flash appear like a hard drive, emulating a hard drive. Uh, the story regarding the, the USB flash drive. So one day, I was already a public company. We, we traded Nasdaq. I went to a conference in uh, New York. I think it was CIBC or Oppenheimer, one of them. And uh, uh, one of the my bad features, uh, I, I don't sleep well at flights, uh, especially when I fly a coach. And a fly coach, and uh, so I took my computer. This was a, a, you know the one o'clock flight LY zero zero one. Everybody that flies Israel back and forth knows this flight. You know, uh, Tel Aviv to New York arrive six o'clock in the morning. So uh, I open my uh, 
computer and I go through the presentation and you know try to without voice repeating it so I can see that I'm fluent and all the ways and uh, makes few changes it I still have this habit before I do any presentation till now I make a small change it cannot repeat itself 100 has to be you know, a little right, different little different something there and something maybe one slide less one slide more uh, so I can feel it's different it's a uh, I don't repeat myself I, I anyway so I do I do small changes and uh, this was 1998. 20 exactly 20 years ago and uh, and then you know I close the computer and I say okay I'll try to sleep a little bit uh, and you know when you turn off when you close your computer it goes into standby mm-hmm. uh, and these days the computer weren't so great and they actually didn't go into uh, standby continue to work and uh, until the battery was totally drained and the uh, Of course, I didn't know about it. I, I'm coming to the conference. I'm waiting to my turn. Uh, when my turn comes, I, I come on the stage. I open my computer. I connect the c- cable for the projector. Uh, but nothing doesn't work. <laughs> okay, so I say, oh, no, okay, not an issue. Let's uh, connect the power uh, because then it should work. I connect the power and it doesn't work. <laughs> Now, you stand in front of 200 people that look at you and wait for you to talk. And you don't have a lot of time, you know, it's uh, 45 minutes and then the next uh, presentation, the next presenter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you feel very, very embarrassed. Uh, and if I can draw a picture of it looks, it would look like a zigzag. It's, that's the feeling that you feel the, the sweat on your back. Yeah. <laughs> and what's running in your mind yeah. is I'm going to fly. I cannot do presentation without presentation because this is a public company. You can't talk about numbers and things like that. And you have to talk about numbers. Well, you don't really, it's a lot of numbers. You don't yeah. remember all of them by heart. You may, you may make mistake and, and it will be complication. People might sue you. So uh, shall I go back to this and tell my guys, listen, I went to New York and I came back and I didn't do nothing except sitting at, uh, there and looking at the uh, other guys. Uh, and uh, and while having all these thoughts and having all these people becoming, you know, you begin to hear this buzz, people, buzz, hey, what's happening? Why isn't... Uh, and the computer went on. Wow. Did the presentation. Finished it. <laughs> had a big... <sighs> Moment of relief. <laughs> yeah. And, and then at the minute I really begin to take off the cables, I yeah. said, never again in my life I will come to make a presentation without having a copy at my pocket. And from that moment on, it's actually connecting dots. Because I, I knew... I, I looked at the possibilities and the floppy weren't, weren't suited and then hard drives were too large and, and complicated and CD-ROM, there was a, a programmable CD-ROM but you need special equipment and, uh, and again you couldn't put the, the big uh, CD-ROM on your pocket and uh, it would and, crack. And on the other side, yeah. other side I knew that USB is coming. I knew how to make how to take flash, make it appear like a hard drive. And, uh, Computers already had USB connections? No, this was a be- at the very, very beginning of the USB. Now, when I talk about myself, when people ask me, what really is the major, major uh, uh, factor to your success, I always say luck. Uh, first, it's, it's right. <laughs> Second, there is a lot of luck. I'm very lucky that the guys who, estab- who defined USB didn't think about, and it's a very, very smart guys from uh, Motorola, Microsoft, Intel. None of them thought about connecting memory to the USB. Why, why what was they it did, for? Yeah, what, yeah, what was it for? Uh, it was a replacement of uh, something very known before called RS-232, which was a parallel, uh, sorry, serial interface to the PC. And it was a very large, clumsy connector Uh, using for serial interface serial connection to the what computer you, what does that mean like if like I would connect the monitor to, to not the monitor computer because there USB? was a connector to the monitor there was a parallel port that was for hooking printers and serial port was used for mo- mostly for keyboards and mouse exactly ah, the things okay. that USB came actually to, to do to provide and until if, today you use the USB today, for, for keyboards and that's, mouse that's right. this is this was the reason for Original. the invention of the USB so there was a committee sitting and, uh, and you know they said what should we do what uh, <laughs> should be the size what would be the signals and fortunately none of them fortunately for me of course none of them thought about uh, connecting memory so no one had this idea before to put 
to put a memory on something that would connect to the USB? So, uh, yeah, no, officially means maybe someone in the world somewhere had this idea before, but he didn't file a patent. There was he thought one about guy, it for a split second and then he forgot the, the, about the, it. That's right, yeah, that <laughs> could happen. There was one guy in Singapore that actually wrote a patent and his patent was about uh, connecting a memory to a computer, but he, he, likes, he liked two things. First, he wrote it, uh, uh, he wrote it, there must, should be software in the computer for that to work. There shouldn't be any software. It should be transparent to the computer. And secondly, he was filing his patents, I'm talking seriously, four months after me. Wow. And clearly he missed. How Still, long did it take you from the idea to the patent? So, you know, once you have an idea, you have to file a patent. We, we fortunately, we didn't do it immediately, but it doesn't matter. It still went on time. For biocratical reasons, the guy who was responsible for patents at the company was overly busy, so <laughs> he didn't feel it that important. That's a story by itself. Uh, but we filed a patent. At, uh, the idea came at, uh, our, at my mind at the beginning of 1998. We filed, I think, at the end of 98 or beginning of 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought the product to the market at 2000. And even at the beginning, it wasn't a great success from, the, from day number one. Uh, I still remember uh, going to Dell. I wanted the Dell to be the guys who adapted and say, hey, USB flash drive, that's the future of the... Because they were number one in computers these days. Uh-huh. I think that until now they are playing a, an important yeah. role. And uh, we went to Dell and Dell, uh, Dell said, uh, you know, it's an it's interesting product, but, uh, you know, uh, we, are, we are Dell. We are, do, we are guys of execution. We, not, we are not guys of inventions or innovations. And uh, let's see how it's, how it's going in the market. We won't lead a revolution here. Came to the year after, <coughs> uh, where we already had sales and people were buying it and they said, hey, we are, we are selling it, it's, uh, it's great, we are doing quite nice with it. Six million. Say six million you what? Sold, uh. You sold? They said, six million what? I said six million. <laughs> they asked exactly what you asked. Uh, yeah. Six million what? said uh, six million dollars. said six million dollars, get out of here. <laughs> it's not interesting, too small. <laughs> But it continued to go, and then I seen that uh, three months or uh, four months later, I came again. I said, "Listen, it's still going very, very nice, and uh, we seen that it's uh, it has a real potential." And they said, uh, "Okay, we'll put a committee to write a document about this product, whether it has a future potential." And they truly had took three guys and they wrote a, a document, sent it to me. I, I still have somewhere copy of this document, <laughs> really. And the document was amazing, amazing, well-thought, well-written document, I think over 100 pages. And the conclusion... It's a book. It's a book, <laughs> yeah. And they did comparison of every potential other solution in the market, and they had a very, very clear conclusion. This product has no future. <laughs> they could have saved that on a, on a USB drive. <laughs> 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 they could send it to me. On USB flash drive. No uh, future. No Dale future. Told you, oh my no God. future, and it was very well explained. If you need, if what's important to you is cost, floppy is the solution. Very, very. It, the difference in price is huge. Floppy was thirty cents. This was twenty-five dollars. If you want a large capacity, go is hard drive. If you want uh, something which is really very, very low cost, price per per bit, go with a CD-ROM. Uh, if you uh, want uh, something that you, you can update very easily, hard drives will do the job. And, and, you know, and, and, and it went on. And of course, emails will come to the market. So for the short term, there are those kind of things in the long term. How, how much data was the USB storing in the, in the beginning of its days? The, the first ones that we issued were 8 megabytes. Eight so that was, that was a lot. It was a lot because 8 megabytes <laughs> was roughly a, present, a large presentation. So you could yeah. put a full presentation in one device. You couldn't do it on floppies. Floppies were 1.44 megabytes. <laughs> and it's yeah. a big difference because, hey, floppy, you had a 6 megabyte presentation. You had to break it into four parts or mm-hmm. To, to, and you're going to gonna switch it. in the middle, in the middle. Yeah. and you're carrying around five of them. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and they didn't see, the, I guess the one thing they didn't look at was I transportability. You, I tell you what exactly they didn't see. And that's the point who made the product so successful. And that's a factor that some, I, I didn't think about this factor as well. Uh, I thought about the needs, my needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there is an element of coolness. My storage, my data in my pocket. And the name. 
the name that didn't matter. And actually, there is no we change the name. There are many. We didn't bother to have a one name. After some time, short time, we understood that selling the product under our name worldwide is going to be very, very difficult. We are Israelis. Israelis are very good in technology. Technology. We are not great in marketing. So don't change us. <laughs> it's, uh, the, it's, our, it's our DNA. So who came up with the name Discon Key? Discon Key is my name. I gave you the name. We had another product called Discon Chip. So this was Discon Chip, Discon Key. And actually, they, we even thought about Disc and Key because the original idea was to make it something that appears like a, works like a disc, a hard drive and works like a key to the computer. We said, uh-huh. we plug it in, this is a key to the computer. We uh, combine. You didn't, you didn't think about, it, it, the intention wasn't something you can put on your keychain. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually thought that was it. And in yeah. the States, till today, they don't actually use the no, disk no, keyword. The, they use flash. Because we, we uh, had used to be flashlight. USB drive. Beca- yeah. or, or used, or, and uh, ad- there are actually many names. I t- I'll tell you why. Uh, what happened, this was, the disk key was our, our name. We had a trademark on that, of course. And we began to sell it under Discon Key. By the way, when we stopped selling it under our name, we, in Israel we continue to sell it because it's, it's their homeland, you know. We are, we are the, that's where we are. Everybody knows us. So clearly we had the advantage uh, selling it here and uh, we continue to sell in Israel. So it is, everybody knows this, this, this name, Discon Key. In the world they are not using it because we stopped selling outside directly. Mm, what there. we did, we learned that there are many, many good companies that actually can sell the product so we can go and sign agreements with them sell them so they will sell it to the market mm-hmm. and you can't but when you do it you can't actually sell against them so we stopped selling ours so we went and signed agreements with memorex verbatim dell hp ibm sony kingston uh, sandisk no sandisk has their had their own uh-huh. and that's a big story by itself <laughs> but uh, many, almost any other company in the world the funny story when you went to Fry's, you know Fry's, that's a big chain of stores, used to be a very big chain of stores of electronics in California, and you were standing in front of the shelf of the USB flash drive, and you, ha- you had to choose between uh, Kingston, Sony, HP, or Dell, all of them were ours. Right. <laughs> and that was great about that. It's amazing. But Wait. then, then they, they, each one of them wanted to have a differentiation. They said, we cannot uh, sell the same product that looks like the others has the same name. So they said, okay, we'll do a we had a very big team of designers that actually worked on variety of designs. And, uh, and uh, you know, when Sunnisk acquired us, they said we, they didn't like this approach. They actually killed this uh, concept of selling soil because they had their own channels. It took them some time to understand, this was after maybe a couple of years, that selling through others, selling M2M, uh, or B2B actually, mm-hmm. yeah. business to business rather than B2C, is practically more profitable and can enhance sales. But uh, until then, they killed this department of designers. But we had designers doing variety of designs. Some of them were crazy. Des- I still remember that To create the illusion of different products. Different products. That's right. Kingston, which, are, by the way, are very good friends. They are investing in my... They are currently investors in my, uh, my fund, Grow Ventures. Uh, Kingston, they wanted something that looked very rugged. And they had something which was really very rugged. Air reliability as a main factor. Performance was crucial to them. They, they asked, they, because they were selling to organizations and uh, price was less, they were less sensitive to price. Uh, IBM wanted something that uh, you know would look like IBM, as this kind of IBM shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Fujitsu, Memorex, uh, you know, we, we, we really adapted and everybody tried to differentiate himself from others, gave it another name, which you know was okay for us. So I'm, I'm one, one, I'm the guy to blame for the fact that there is no single known name for this product right. worldwide. But that's okay. And I have to ask you because you know in the life of a creator or an inventor, doesn't matter if it's technology or like we studied in film school, so when you're pitching an idea for a film, dealing with criticism, with people who tell you, you're wasting your time, it's a bad idea. It seems like a very crucial factor, right, in the life of an inventor or of a creator. So how did you, how do, how do you go on about it, about dealing with people who say, basically that your ID sucks. 
Well, if you are an entrepreneur, that's something that you have to assume. That people will tell you that this is stupid, this won't work, uh, the, no one will buy it, no one needs it. There is competition, competition is stronger. Tons of, of arguments why you should quit. Uh, but you know, that's what differentiates maybe the good inter the successful entrepreneurs and the less successful entrepreneurs, uh, their ability to comply with all these hurdles and pains and difficulties and disappointment and insults sometimes and move on and continue and maybe fail and then you know get up in, on your own legs and, and move on with uh, maybe better version or, or a different product or, or a change. When do you know? When do you have you ever had that moment where like Noel was saying, someone's told you this is stupid and then you maybe continued a little more and then someone else told you and at some point you said, Okay, you know what, this idea, it is stupid. Let me move on. <laughs> you know, if well, if you find the formula of uh, that would allow people to really uh, distinguish between the nonsense and the <laughs> real stuff. You'll be very, very rich. You but then I'd it. have to deal with all the people that told me it's a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, but did That's you right. ever have a product that you remember that you kind of shelved and you said, okay, this is not a good idea? Uh, first of all, it happened to me a lot. that I had many ideas that actually were not good enough or, or maybe they were good, but I didn't succeed to sell them. And I can give you examples even from the last years. Uh, for that and that's part of life and uh, and then I, I tell you something else even when you know that it's a, the USB flash drive became a success and M systems grew very nicely I tell you crazy stuff M systems grew between the years 2001 to 2006 from 45 billion dollar sales in 2001 not bad but you know to over billion dollar billion dollar in 2006 This is 24, 24x, 24 times in five years. I'm not talking about the fact that not too many Israeli companies were reaching it at a billion dollar. Uh, clearly, no Israeli company grew with these uh, rates. I don't think that there are many American companies that uh, grew at the rate of uh, 24x in five years. At these sizes. Of course, when you're very small, it's much easier. Still, every quarter, every quarter in these five years, 20 quarters, 21, 20, 2001 to 2006, every quarter I had my fear that something bad is happening, that somebody is going to kill us, that this is going to, they're going to hit a huge quality problem that would kill the company, that uh, uh, one of our suppliers will stop selling us and we'll be out of, uh, of material, that... Uh, a competitor will come and uh, and and hit us that that you know you are going through there's there's no there was no time that i could really look back forward and say hey everything look back forward actually i say everything is great <laughs> we are safe why uh, is that is that like a jewish holocaustish <laughs> paranoia you know i read that you're a son of holocaust survivors yeah. and uh, Why is it? I, I think that every good CEO goes through this uh, process of uh, fear, uh, concerns. You know, there is a great book by Andy Grove. Uh, Andy Grove uh, right, wrote the book, uh, which of course I read and I recommend everybody to read, Only Paranoid Survive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are sure that everybody around you is going to kill you. Not at the personal level. Uh, on the personal level, it's exactly the opposite. I was surrounded by amazing people, smart, loyal, hard workers. Clearly what I've done could not be done without the people around me. But except the, the outside of your company, mm -hmm. you are surrounded by many, many enemies of many, many kinds. Some of them are small and they are a concern as well. Uh, some of them are, you know, these large guys, the Samsung, the Intel of the world. They, and you know, these, are, these guys are frightening. Yeah, they can eat you whole. Without notice. So, so if I can, what, what, like, from the moment you came up with this and then it grew, it, it kept growing from 2001 to 2006 to this billion-dollar company, company, from there to, to SanDisk buying you out, how did that happen? <sighs> That's a complicated story. But I didn't want to sell my company. I saw that we have a potential to continue and grow and make it a very large one. We actually had the four divisions when a company was sold. 
the first one re- related to the disk they used by flash drive, which, uh, did, which did relatively nice. The second one did even better. It's less famous. It's, uh, it's the, the division which dealt with a solution for f- smartphones. Uh, we had the, this, the right solution of storage to smartphones. It, then it was disk on chip, uh, which was doing tremendously well. The third division dealt with solid state drives. Mm-hmm. SSD. We, SSDs, yeah. Which is huge. Which now it's no, 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 no. It was also. now it's huge. It was nothing these days. We yeah. had sales of less than hundred million dollars, and for a company of a billion dollar, it's not a lot. If a, for the joint company of SanDisk plus M Systems of three and a half billion dollar, uh, the business of fifty million dollars were nothing. You know, one and a half percent. Who cares about it? SanDisk killed this activity, and I was sure that this is going to go and become very large. So I, believe, I believed in the potential. And the fourth division dealt with uh, SIM cards. You know, you know the SIM cards. We had this idea of uh, putting flash memory into SIM cards, make a, what we called mega SIM, was a large capacity uh, SIM card. So whenever you take the SIM card from the phone and transfer to the other phone, all the data, all the applications will go with you which could be great, and, and Sandisk killed it as well. Uh, so when I sold the company to Sandisk, I, I knew that there were many benefits, and, and you know, these are amazing guys, Eli is a, and Sanjay, both of them are investors in my fund, and they are very, very good friends, and they are visionary and smart, and uh, I can really say very good, only good things about them, but we went our way, they went different way, and in the combination, we gained something, we lost something. Uh, and uh, it's not that I reached into a situation that I want to sell a company because the company has no future. I believed in the future of the company. There was a situation that uh, led me to sell the company. I was unhappy with, uh, with my board. Uh, and, uh, and that led to selling the company. So it's politics. Kind of. In a way, it's a politics issue. Oh. Uh, once, uh, you know, once I did it, clearly I'm not regretting. I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> never yeah. regret. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, I still go. And now, Sanix was acquired by Western Digital for $18 billion. Uh, I, the, they're still employing in Israel about 1,000 people. I still go and see the guys. My guys that I hired are still there. Some of them are still there. I go there to meet, uh, to meet them, and I still see them, and I'm very happy that this is running activity that is doing very well in Israel. <coughs> so in general, no regrets, and I'm happy with where we are. I wonder, th- there's this <coughs> idea, this sense that in Israel, we're good at, at, um, at uh, improvisation, at, uh, cr- at, at invention, at, we're, we're brilliant minds. But when it comes to creating you know, big companies... We're not so good. So what happens is you see, you know, ways you see uh, mobilize selling out and exiting, and then there's a lot of criticism on Israeli companies. You know, why are you exiting? Why are you exiting? Make, you know, make these companies huge. So do you think there's truth to that? Do you think that? So uh, two mistakes in one sentence. First okay. of all, we are not brilliant. You know, <laughs> there are so many brilliant people worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that we are more entrepreneurs than others. Uh, it's something in the Jewish DNA that, and I can't explain it, uh, but it's a. Uh, we are much more entrepreneurs. We are the guys who are rushing to establish new companies. And, you know, one of the difficulties in Israel, you go to a company and you find that uh, probably 40% of the employees would like to go out and establish their own company rather than stay as managers in a large one. Um, that's because of the entrepreneurship. But in general, in general, it doesn't really lead to a situation that we are good only in creating small companies that will be acquired. I heard this t- statement many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. It's totally wrong. Look at Checkpoint. It's a great company, mm-hmm. great potential. Gil is not going to sell a company. I don't think so. I think he's enjoy. He, Marius, enjoy very much. He's the chairman. They enjoy very much what they are doing. They are growing. They're doing very, very well. And they will continue and continue to buy other companies. And they are the master of the, of the firewall in the world. Checkpoint are doing amazing. I think that Mobileye were doing great. The fact that they were acquired is, you know, it's okay, but they were acquired at a value of $15 billion. It's a nice amount. And, you know, in this world, everybody buys everybody. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, can, I could bring us a great example, Teva. And unfortunately, Teva went through a disaster. 
uh, but they will they will overcome. I, I have no doubt. It's part of life of companies. Is it's not a straight line to the success. It's uh, there are there are companies are failing sometimes. If they are good and uh, Teva is a good company at its uh, heart and uh, and DNA, they will overcome. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Dov, about present days a little bit. Yeah, so you sure. talked about your fund. It's yeah. called Grove. Grove Ventures. Yeah. Grove Ventures. So you told us a little bit, like you meet entrepreneurs, you invest seed investments. Yeah, uh, Grove is investing in early stage deep technology. Uh, I'll tell you something amazing. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the effects that uh, when you see them, they are shocking. And that's one of them. Where Israel is great. So we could say Israel, we are the startup nation. We are great in startups. No, we are great in high tech. We are the high tech nation. We have Mobileye, we have Checkpoint, we have Orbotech that was acquired two weeks ago for $3.4 billion. We have uh, Galileo that was acquired for $2.6 billion, M-Systems, $1.6. Uh, uh, Melanox, uh, about $3 billion uh, value, we traded at uh, Nasdaq. What uh, is the common to all these companies? They're all deep High technology. technology yeah. This is deep technology. This is semiconductor, communication, storage. Uh, what do you mean by when you say deep technology as opposed to high tech? Is there a semi- difference? Semiconductor. Yeah, no, no. High tech is and, semi- and deep technology, it's, it's equivalent. But okay. uh, the meaning of deep technology is semiconductor, sensors, hardware, material. Things we, the common people, don't know anything <laughs> about. Basically. But use yeah. on a daily basis. Probably. Yeah. Probably, probably those things that in order to make them, you have to go and study at MIT or Technion. Or, or serve in the IDF. Uh, or serving the um, no serving the no. idea after you study in Technion, not yeah. uh, just okay. as a programmer in the IDF at right. eighty two hundred. Um, so you the, get the, a bunch of these guys. The basic fact, the basic yeah. fact in this country in Israel is that eighty nine percent of the early stage investments are not in this kind of uh, things. They are in fintech, adtech, edtech, uh, cyber, which everybody goes and invest. It's a uh, it's a uh, mobile applications marketplaces, uh, enterprise software, and only 11% of the early stage investments are done at this hardcore of uh, high tech, uh, the deep technology, the semiconductor, communication, storage, IoT, digital health. This is a paradox. Why is it? Clearly, I do have explanation. Trends? Uh, what? But like... I wonder actually what what percentage of the 89% succeed and what percentage of the, you know what I mean? Is there yeah. a higher success rate in the 11% and the deep technology? So, so clearly, uh, I, I don't think that anybody made such a, did really test it, but the fact that majority of the success stories are coming from the high tech means yeah. that actually this is... The percentage there is much much higher. Right. Yeah. Although yeah. Waze, for example, is not high. So yeah. Waze, Waze is Waze is that's okay. So Waze is the the, the only the, the <laughs> example that people are bringing to me. Hey, there is Waze. Waze is a mobile application. Right? Mm-hmm. But first of all, Waze is quite complicated. It's not a very simple software. The guy who wrote Waze actually worked for me at M Systems. He was doing this project when he was working at M Systems, which is really? okay. I'm totally <laughs> fine with that. He's an amazing guy. And he's the engineer, Who by the way. Who's uh, this, Nir uh, Vidal? Uh, uh, Ovadia. Uh, ah, Ovadia, okay. Yeah, and uh, uh, so that's first of all. The second, ways as much as I like ways, and I use ways, and I recommend ways, and I uh, adore the guys and think that they've done them. It's not one of the largest success stories of Israel. It's mm-hmm. maybe very famous, but otherwise, you know, it's $1 billion. All the rest of the companies I mentioned were much above one, one billion dollar. Right, small change. No, no <laughs> revenues, practically, so you can't say, talk about revenues as a factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, 130 people in all the other companies, they generate uh, working places for thousands of people. M-Systems was 1,000 people. Mobileye, when they were acquired, there were 700 people. They grew now to 1,200. And the plans of uh, Shashua is to grow the company to 4,000 employees. In Israel. In wow. Israel, yeah. That's a great success. Mm-hmm. How can you compare it to Waze with the 130 people? This is the right. number of when they were acquired until now, which might disappear actually any, any, right. any time. You still have Wix, you have Fiverr, you still have big companies. Not at, the, not at the same level. Not at the same level. So you're saying if all those guys out there building apps 
and you know the, all those app startups, those application startups. Stop what you're doing. Go study in the Technion for One four years. One of the years. things, when I go to talk with the young people, yeah. I say, guys, go to study. Go to study engineering, science, medical, uh, biology, chemistry. These are the things that would really create for you and for the country uh, great success stories. So tell us about your day-to-day. So how many people you meet in a month to pitch? <laughs> how many people pitch you ideas in a month? Uh, okay, so we get to see... We, I, think that, I, I can state that we are the only fund in Israel doing uh, deep, uh, deep technology. How much do you invest? Uh, Between one to four million dollars. These are the numbers. We, the funded size is 110 million dollars. We, we, we had an overflow of in, investors that wanted to invest in the fund, so we, closed, we planned to raise 100. We finally raised 110. Uh, we get to see in a, in a year about 1,000 opportunities of investment. We invest only in four to five. We are very, very selective. Wow. We are a team of 12 people. We work very hard with the company. So we are not just investing in the companies. <laughs> I'll tell you something I am doing. When I invest in a company, it doesn't happen a lot, maybe two, three times a year. I uh, shake the hand of the founder. We sign. We, we want to have a ceremony. So we truly sign. It's not by email or by faxing. And uh, we, we sign, we raise the toast, and then I shake his hand and say, uh, congratulations, you have a new employee, and I know what's running on his head. Do you know what's running in his head? No. He says, okay, okay, this guy in the VC want to, probably wants to put his, uh, his cousin at my company or something like that. Uh-huh. So he said, who is the new, he's saying, who is the new employee? He said, I'm your new employee. Boss, tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm working for you. You got you acquired me. I mm-hmm. I work for you now, and let's let's conquer the market. Let's do it together. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and then and how do you? How long have you been doing this VC thing? So I do it in the last two years. And I, okay. I, I, and I must tell you, I'm one of the most clearly lucky, but uh, happier people in the world because I really bring into it all my experience and knowledge and know-how and relations with many many people worldwide. I didn't mention, I, but I was uh, the founder of M-Systems. I founded uh, additional uh, five, six companies. I invested in more companies. I was the chairman of Tower Semiconductor. Uh, and, and that's, if, I can, if, if you would ask me what am I mostly proud of, probably I would tell you the fact that uh, I came to Tower when Tower was uh, going actually bankruptcy, very practical bank- what bankruptcy. What is it? Tower, Tower Semiconductor. It's a fab in Israel, mm-hmm. in the northern part of the country. I uh, went there because uh, Eli Harari, the founder of, uh, and CEO of Senex, asked me to go and help them. He was investing in uh, Tower. So went to meet uh, Russell. Russell was the CEO, and uh, Russell did the very smart stuff. He, he knew that I didn't want to be involved before. I didn't want to invest. I thought that it's a bad investment when I was there at M-Systems. So he, he, when I came, he opened the window. And he's sitting on a Migdala Emek, so he's sitting on a mountain, which uh, when he, you open the window, you see the whole city. He say, he say, look at this, this city. Yes, you see this, this city relies on tower. If we won't be here, the whole city will suffer because these guys working here, they mm-hmm. do not have another fab to go to work for. So I need your help. And I came to help. And the company was really in deep bankruptcy. $400 million loan to the banks. We couldn't really pay it. We had to make a paper saying that uh, if they close the company, the money they can retrieve of closing the company would be between 10 to $23 million. So we had to go and say, guys, if you close the company, you will have to write off <laughs> this huge amount of money. Are you sure you want to do it? And, uh, and, and, and I, clearly, it's not that I did it. But I was I was there. You ne- helped navigating this company too. The CEO of the company was there two years before I came. He didn't he didn't do the change. Not mm-hmm. because he's a bad guy. He's an amazing guy. I like I like him. I appreciate him a lot. He's amazing. Sample of somebody a fighter. He's a real fighter. They didn't give up and did it. But you know sometimes you know bringing somebody from the outside that uh, would look at their strategy and their directions and what's right and what's wrong. And won't have the history of promises, and just do it, you know, because he wants to create a success, and he's no boundaries. That helps. So that's something which I'm very proud. So of. you helped 
bring this company from the dead, today, basically. Today, this company is, is it's, you know, it was traded then in Nasdaq, but today the value of uh, Tower at uh, Nasdaq is about uh, $3 billion. Amazing. Uh, that's, uh, it's amazing. And, and they, um, are closely, they, are, they are reaching to the $1 billion sales. And uh, yeah, so I'm very proud of that. Before we go, I wonder if you can tell us about the, la- the, the a recent exciting company you invested in. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> Okay, I'll try because I tell you it's very difficult because first of all, I'm very lucky as I get to see so many amazing people, amazing ideas, amazing activities, and each one of them, each one of them where we invest, we decide to invest, I believe is going to really have an impact on the world, not just by no, let's make money, it's let, let's make something that will make driving safer. Let's make something that would uh, make the pathology analysis much better than mm-hmm. what exists today using uh, artificial intelligence. Let's make something that would help industry be more efficient. By it's real, real needs. It's real needs, yeah. yeah. We look at real needs. Yeah. So what's most exci- exciting? <laughs> Probably the ones that we are in the process to invest in. But, uh, and, and you know, if I'll... Say one of them, I know what's the rest would the rest of the companies would say, "Hey, how come you didn't mention us? Uh, we saw that we are the most exciting company. <laughs> so maybe generally speaking, the fields that that it deals with clearly, clearly, we look at the digital health, and I see that the artificial intelligence is going to change at the digital health is going to change everything related to health in a way that no one of us is predicting. I think that we don't really appreciate enough the big change that is going to happen when we will have uh, autonomous cars. It's not just, hey, I'll drive without uh, holding the hand. It's so much more than that. Uh, but in any means of uh, real estate, insurance, uh, what we are doing, our time, what we are doing in our time, distances, um, uh, even entertainment. Because think about the car as a place for entertainment. Uh, so this is a huge change, and, and uh, I think that uh, maybe if I have to mention one more, it's uh, industrial IoT. I think that the whole way of producing things uh, is going to be much more, much smarter. It's like because this of three D p- printing, or no, 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 no. This is industry four point zero. It's because machines are going to do most of the job, much more uh-huh. efficient, smarter. And, uh, and we, we are there in all these areas. Clearly, all of these, uh, these areas are driven by artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence revolution. It's a revolution. It's not evolution. It's not, uh, okay, one more feature, faster computer, things like that. I believe that the, the magnitude of a change that AI will bring to the world is larger the size of the magnitude of change that computers uh, brought to the world. It's not okay, smarter computers or better software or anything like that, it's truly a revolution. Maybe, be, maybe even the, the end of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very optimistic. I'm very, very optimistic. And I think that, uh, you know, mankind... You got to watch uh, Westworld. I, I, wa- I watch Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't think that's uh, anywhere mm, near. Nah. Do you hear the fear in my voice? <laughs> uh, yes, and I think it's totally... It's, it's nonsense. Uh, I'm much more concerned of... Um, I, I would say it very carefully. I'm much more concerned of uh, crazy politicians that take yeah. leaderships and do things which are bad for the world by the means of values and others. This is a much, Hopefully much you can use AI. Maybe Trump, maybe <laughs> Trump is a, maybe Trump's a robot. <laughs> you never know. I, I, he's not. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I won't say anything politi- really political, uh-huh. but uh, anybody can take photo. Yeah. Before we go, <laughs> um, we, yeah, have, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal, um, which is a great news source uh, for Jewish news and for Jews news in general and for Jews in general out in L.A., jewishjournal.com. So check it out, guys. And we accept donations. So if you uh, like the podcast, please go to 2njb.com slash donate and throw some money at us. And that is it. Um, Dov, I, you know, thank you so much for your time. It's Thank you so much. Uh, working on a Friday. Uh, no, I'll, let the, I'll, I'll explain to you. And first of all, I'm not working. I enjoy my life. I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing what I, I, I'm dreaming to do and people are paying, it, paying me for that, which is very funny. <laughs> but uh, uh, I always used to uh, be, I'm not saying working, I'm looking for the right word, doing what I'm doing today uh, on Fridays. <coughs> 
When I was at uh, the Navy, I w- between the Technion and the M-Systems, I was in the Navy. I was eight and a half years in the Navy. I was the head of the microprocessors department of the Navy. It really amazing time. Everything became microprocessors. And you know, when I joined the, the department, there was almost no activity. I still remember the days that we, we wrote the papers comparing Z80 processor from Zilog versus Intel 8080. So um, the computers were actually using paper. You were programming <laughs> That's right. <with> paper. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I began by programming on paper. That's right. There were no computers. That's amazing. Uh, but uh, uh, practically, uh, things, you know, everything happened these days that I, when I served and, and when I finished uh, my service after these eight and a half years, we, we had 23 different projects uh, at my department. Many people, lots of activities, lots of money. And I was relatively very young uh, heading yeah. that. Uh, to, to actually establish M-Systems. but So in these days, there was an amazing man, uh, commander to the Navy. His name is Ami Aelon. Mm-hmm. And, and Ami Aelon said, guys, uh, you know, every, the ships, they are working seven days a week because they can't, they have to protect this country. They have to guard. And they cannot guard the country, Sabbat, uh, go home. So they work say, seven days a week. We have to work six days a week. And Friday, is a day that we will walk so Sunday till Friday okay mm-hmm. so he changed he didn't change he people at these days began working five days a week mm-hmm. he said not in the Navy the Navy will walk six uh-huh. days a week mm-hmm. the, the ships will walk seven days a week so and it made a lot of sense so I don't think that anybody was really uh, talking against you know here and there people were unhappy maybe but in general, this, were, this is the way we worked at the Navy. When I left the Navy, I was already used to work Friday. So I went to establish my company. And then I uh, told my, uh, my employees uh, that uh, we, we work Friday. I said, Friday? Are you crazy? <laughs> it's uh, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but what does your wife think about you working on a Friday? You know, we, we got married when I was in the Navy. So uh-huh. she got used to me working Friday. You know, maybe in my head, what was what was in my head, if I if I go, if I stay home Friday, I have to help her. <laughs> I yes. prefer being at home with my work. It's my office. So uh, uh, so what I did, as I understood that I cannot tell my employees to come working for me on Friday, I said, okay, Friday is going to be a day where I'm not working for my, my for M-Systems. I, I'll do any sort of other activities and meet mm. interesting people. If people need any advice, they'll come, uh, they will come Friday. If people want to interview me, they will Friday. come Friday. Weird podcast. <laughs> <laughs> podcast, Friday. Uh, people with crazy ideas, Friday. The guys from Mobileye at the first days, Friday. I, I really bet I was the mentor. They claim I was the mentor, which is, of course is a big compliment to me. That's I don't take this compliment so easy. I just met them uh, a few times, you know, from the beginnings. You needed them to fill your Friday. Uh, because they wanted advice <laughs> and Friday was the right day. So right. my Fridays actually, uh, I can show you in my phone, are actually morning till uh, evening is quite scheduled. busy. Yeah. It's quite scheduled with a lot of meetings. You know, it gave me a lot. It gave me the ability to meet, you know, over the years, if you count it, it's thousands of people and, uh, and feel great with... A lot of things I've done this way. I, I'll tell you one more thing about me. I never, 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 ever in my life took one dollar or one share as equity in any company of those companies or those that came to ask for my advices on those to consult Fridays. with you. And now you may say, hey, you are in Hebrew, they say you are fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you say it in English? You're a sucker. sucker. You're a sucker. <laughs> I, I'm not a sucker. You know, I gained so much by that. People that I know. Uh, technologies. Um, sometimes, you know, I used to uh, meet people that came for an advice and then I thought, forget about the, the idea, come to work for M-Systems. So I, I got to, to so hire employees, people, yeah. deploy people from, uh, from those meetings on Fridays. So back to Friday. So it's Friday today. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to meet with you. It's great. Everything's so fine. here we are on a Friday. So w- yeah. tell us, what was your first, if you remember, your first invention? What did you... Where did you start? Uh, first invention. I think that uh, when I was at M-System, when I was at the Navy, clearly uh, there were a lot of inventions, but we, could, we didn't file patents. It, uh, it wasn't the mood of the Navy to file patents, but there were many ideas actually came as uh, brainstorming between us and the people who had the needs in the shapes or the industry. 
Uh, then I established M Systems, and when I established M Systems, I was uh, I was uh, truly, totally negligent, stupid. No, <laughs> had no clue about business. I was so bad. You can't imagine. You know, any child today at the age of fourteen knew more than me uh, about business uh, when I was at the beginning of my life at M Systems. And and people ask me about patents, and I I think I remember myself saying, no, I don't believe in patents because we can invent things so fast that one thing after so patents are totally meaningless. Took me about ten years at M Systems to understand that patents are very crucial, and then we began to find many patents. And uh, uh, I think that until the first ten years at M Systems, we filed maybe ten patents, something like that. At the last seven years of M systems we filed about 200 patents wow. because we understand the, the meaning the meaning of that so uh, many of those patents that uh, that I filed uh, at M systems for things related to flash data storage but I, I do file patents for things which are I need today sometimes even things that are unrelated uh, to storage uh, Yesterday, and then I, yesterday I got a message from the guy, my partner. I have a partner that does this filing because mm-hmm. I'm, I, 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 I'm not. It's I'm lazy in a way. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. A, I, I'm not a good patent writer. He needs. It's a lot of amazing. bureaucracy, right? It's bureaucracy. That's why. So I have a, a great partner. He's, his name is Menachem Lasser. He, he, I have long term relationship with him. He actually served together with me at the Navy. So uh, f- uh, I, I think that autonomous cars uh, is very interesting subject. I, I looked at that uh, several years ago. I said, "This is going to change actually our life." Uh, but things are going. To, we are going to miss a lot of things, and I have some ideas about how things should be. So I filed patents together with him on autonomous cars behavior. And uh, just yesterday, I've got a message that uh, the second patent. We filed three, actually. The second out of the three patents uh, was accepted. Uh, so wow. it's good, good news for us. Yeah. But you do it as, as a hobby or as Not business? Patent. Oh, patents now is hobby. <laughs> of course it's, it's hobby. hobby. Yeah, of course. Business, I don't care for the yeah. money. I, I'm right. sharing with him. And I promise you, whatever I'll get from the patents will be uh, contributed right. automatically. Yeah. It's, it's a great honor. So exciting <laughs> honor. To, to listen to your stories and just keep on doing what you're doing because it's pure Zionism. That's something that don't worry about. I plan to do it for the next 30 years. After the 30 years, I promise to consider <laughs> if I continue. <laughs> okay. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.